Hello and welcome to the latest edition of I Spit on Your Grades, the Revenge Result Show. My name is Faye. I am happily joined by my crew, my team, my homies, Christopher. Hello. And Mercer. Hello. How are we both this joyous, sunny afternoon? Uh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I'm fabulous, thank you. Uh, uh, my body's finally, I think, getting back to normal, maybe, after a long uh, session of abuse. Um, I think I think I'm coming. I know that sounds terrible, doesn't would it? You like, would you like to clarify what abuse you're talking about then, Just the alcohol abuse, the alcohol and the lack of food over the six days that I were in London for Fright Fest 2021. Yes. Boom, boom. Um, I think our bodies are also recovering because we, uh, in addition to Fright Fest, did Slam Dunk yesterday. And um, yeah, bodies are tired, feet are aching, throats are raw. Slam Dunk the funk. It seems like every time we come with one as a results show, there's always something wrong with us. One of us is always ill. One of us is always tired. And I will say, dear listener, that's what being 40 or nearly 40 is. It's tiredness, it's fatigue, it's things falling off, things growing in places. You don't know why they're growing in there. We go hard and then want to go home. Exactly. We actually cut Don Brocco short last night because we wanted to get a seat on the bus to go to sleep on the way home. Missed their biggest single. But we got to see some sheep whilst going to the coach. I think we're all right. That was not the same. Also, if you do hear some purring and some... Jutting against stuff. We have a cat in the house today. Hi, Cheadle. Say hello. He said hello. That's the worst. That's the worst. Uh. I can't make him meow. He does meow. Anyway, um, have we been watching anything since we got back from Friday Fest? Or no? We, all three of us, have seen one of the most anticipated releases of the entire year since we've come back from Friday Fest. Shit, yes, we have. We've all forgotten it so, so immediately, quickly. It was that, oh, clearly that forgetful that we'd gone, no, not seen anything. Candyman, we have all gone and watched. A lot of things have happened in the past week. There's been a lot of activities going on, so it, forgive my forgetfulness. Candyman was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And it makes a change for Mercer to also be on board with a blockbuster film as well. I'm on board with films all the time. <laughs> A blockbuster film. Like I think normally when there's like a big film coming out, like you said before, you tend to avoid it because you don't want to get on a hype train. But I think this is absolutely worthy of the hype it's getting. It definitely is. It's super enjoyable, super clever, super uh, relevant. Um, and everyone's really fucking good at it, which is nice. I love the callbacks to the earlier film as well, but while still being its own film, it's just done yep. so well. And oh, the, the ending scene, I, I really did. I did did a little air punch because oh, I love the end scene. I was less amazed than you two. I think it's a good film. It's not a great film. Wow. That's Chris's opinion. <laughs> I, can't, I, I don't want to say it's Chris's shit opinion because not opinions aren't shit. They are just opinions. And you are brave to speak up that you think it's an average film. I didn't say an average film. I said it's a good film. I said it's not a great film. <laughs> I know, I'm only kidding. We also went and saw The Night House in a double bill. 
Yes, we did. Which you were less enamoured than I were. I was. I really enjoyed it. And Rebecca Hall, the criminally underrated Rebecca Hall, is amazing yet again. She was fantastic in it. And all the actors were good in it. It wasn't the acting that was the problem. It was the story. It just, it, I was, like I said, surprisingly for me, I caught on quite early what was happening. And then it was just a case of waiting for it to reach that conclusion. So it was a bit of a... Was a bit of a slog for me, but I'm glad you enjoyed it and got something out of it. If you're happy just to go with it as it is, then yeah, it's really enjoyable. But I think if you see quickly what's going to happen and you just and you just sitting there waiting for the pieces to fall into place, then I can imagine because it's more about atmosphere. There's not a lot of jump scares and stuff, but some of the stuff they do with the lighting and the shadow work is really really impressive. Mm. Have you seen anything else other than Candyman this week, Mercer? No, I made several attempts to watch films at home, but I've not got past the first, like, ten minutes of everything because I'm just still so tired. <laughs> Bless you. So now that we've covered that, should we get on to what other people have been saying, thinking, but not doing? Because we don't really care about that. Sorry, guys. It's not what we're here for. <laughs> Please tell us your favourite films. What do you think of our pick? But we don't really give a fuck what you're up to, as long as you do that. I kid, I kid. To be fair, half the feedback we get from people, we know what they're doing because we're doing it with them. Case in point, Blair Mitch Project came back to us for his favourite revenge horror, or his favourite of our choices. Yeah, you're always doing it with Mitch. He loves it. Lol. Lol. Anyway, he's put, this one is so incredibly tough, especially I love how RWB shows the inevitability and futility of revenge. But only one of those three films calls me Angel of the Morning, baby. Whoop. Darren underscore Gaskell has weighed in with, is it a twist that I voted for Blue Ruin? PYW is amazing and resolutely unexploitative, but I remember pretty much staggering from the cinema after Blue Ruin. Covers an entire revenge film in its first act and then takes it from there in low, oh sorry, takes it from there in its own lo-fi grimy fashion. If I didn't believe that Red, White and Blue was an amazing film, which I absolutely do, I'd say it wasn't surprising that Darren would pick something that wasn't my pick. I'm always Standard. I'm always happy to get the Darren seal of approval yeah. when I make a pick. Do you mean Blue Ruin there? Blue Ruin, yes, that's what I meant. Blue Ruin was an I am tired, film. Mercer. Could you give me a break? <laughs> Yes, I'm in Blue Room. My apologies. Shall I carry on? Or shall I just allow you two to have your domestic? No, we're good. We're good. We made up. Good. Corpse Bride at Noel underscore Kelly. Promising young woman. Best script of last year, hands down. I could not vote against it. Well, the Academy also for his best script, best direction, best actress and best picture. Did they? What did the it show? It didn't win them all. It didn't win them all. No, it was it was nominated for all those. And this, deserved, this, really, this feels like an underhand dick, Chris. I, I'm just wondering um, how many of your picks received awards because I bet there's quite a handful. So maybe shut up. The way you two are always slagging my picks off, I'm assuming none of them has none of them have ever got an award ever. <clears throat> you are just trying to divide us here. Keep going. It's all coming apart. It's all coming apart, it seems. <laughs> Caitlin at Scared Sheepless. PYW for me, 
I was sick the first time I watched it because it hit me so hard. Clancy Brown's line about how much they missed her reduced me to ugly sobbing every single time. Excellent, meaningful casting. And even though I had issues with it, can't deny the impact. It's an incredible film. And just finally, Jack Kirby Lowe. At Jack Kirby Lowe. Man, I haven't thought about Red, White and Blue in years. I found that an incredibly tough watch. Very good, though. So, yeah. uh, people weighing in with all three of our films that they've picked and enjoyed. Because they're all good. They are all, all very good. Picks. They were all very, very good. And thank you, everyone, for weighing in with your opinions on our picks. Don't bother us now till we need your next opinion, pal, according to Faye. So, no, I was kidding. Okay, so we've got someone very special in to do the one-star review this week. You all know him from such films as those oldie-timey films, those black-and-white films. This has no relation to me screaming so loud at Frank Turner for twice in the space of two weeks. Why would it? You're not, you don't sing the one-star review in I don't, and that's why I'm saying there's no, there's no connection whatsoever. Everything is fine with my voice, as you can hear. So, we have Marcel Marceau to do this week's one-star review. Oh, my God, amazing. I think that was the best one we've had yet. That is incredible. Yeah, that's really brought me to tears. Are you crying, Mercer? Are you touched? I am, yeah. That really, really moved me. It's probably... I just don't. I don't even know if I could go on with this episode. Oh, you got touched by Marcel Marcel again. <laughs> See when the statue of limitations runs out. <laughs> but anyway, shall we? Shall we actually delve into these one-star reviews that these these tripey people have wrote? Yes. Yes. Who wants to go first? Because I know everyone's. I'm sure everyone's got a good one this week because we loved them so much. I'm sure everyone's picked them spectacularly. Awful one-star review. Mm-hmm. Shall I go first? Yes. Okay. So mine is from Dare underscore Snibbler. Dare Snibbler. Dare Snibbler. And it's headed, headlined, Speak Up, You Pathetic Wanker. Jesus. Okay. So this is what Dare Snibbler has to say. This is what I get for never learning my lesson. Slow burner, quiet film with loud impact, they wrote. I keep forgetting this is a vanilla crowd who probably uses a fudge euphemism about the least bit of irony. Give me a break, you sensitive ass feats. I'm, I'm assuming he's meant to use the word aesthetic and he's not sure what the actual plural is or he's meant to put ass something and just mistyped, but fuck knows. This isn't a slow burn, it's just slow. And as far as quiet, oh boy. The main character whispers throughout the entire film in this weak world, pathetic pansy voice. It doesn't matter if he's having a conversation with a friend or facing death in a confrontation with a deadly foe. It's all this grating, irritating, nerve-wracking, prissy little wuss voice. What is wrong with you, dude? Predictably being a low budget, this film centers around dumb hicks. Since it's easy to shoot out in the middle of nowhere in some abandoned cabin or whatever godforsaken sets it was they went and chose, more Netflix garbage praised by morons. 
<laughs> so we're to assume this guy just goes around in life screaming in caps lock. Yes, I do believe so. Right. People who like people who like Netflix high-rated films and slow burners. Also, did you you knew you were going to say ass feet to me, and I was going to picture ass feet, right? I've no idea. Like bums on ankles. I've I'd, I'd, I'd read the I've read his review before, and it skipped me by completely. So when I hit that word, I lost all sense of how I'm actually going to pronounce it. And the other thing that always annoys me is to go. This is what I get for never learning my lesson. That's like fucking that, about That's like if, you, mate. <laughs> if, if I went to a chippy, they instead of giving me sauce, my sausage every week, shit on my chips. I wouldn't go back there every time and go, oh, it happens every time. Just fucking stop what stop it, just stop watching them then. I mean, I I get your point, but look what we do with McDonald's. They don't deliver half the items, they never include the dips. There's always something wrong. And, and what look do you what say? look what, what we what do I say every, every morning time. when I can't be asked to cook? Let's get a Mackey's. So you never learn your lesson. Learn lesson. So you can't complain about the fact that these things happen because you keep going to knowing that they might. I can't know you quite right. You're quite right. But we can complain about Dare Snibbler because he's a dick. Dare, I say he, sorry, I keep, I'm just gendering. Well, no, because Dare is German for, is masculine in German? Is that right? I don't know, but. Kimmy will know. Kimmy, if you're listening, you'll know because. It's still just a screen name. So it could be a him, could be her, could be they. I'm, I'm gendering them where. I are don't there, know. Are they? Yeah, exactly. But whoever they are, just. Shut up. Stop watching slow burners then. Go fucking watch your latest big budget action epic at whichever your cinema of choice is. But just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> right, guys, when I tell you that it was a fucking wasteland of tribe trying to find a one-star review for Promising Young Woman, it is just as imagine it, it, it is just as bad as you imagine it would be. It's full of incels and, oh, not all men and oh, this woke shit. So it was hard to narrow it down. So I've got a one-star review. But then there's also just one line from another that I couldn't leave out. I, I couldn't pass it by. So we'll start with the review first. This is by, I'm assuming, when you put an X there, that's a Z, right? Yes. So it's from Zozu Zarman. I quite like that name, actually. It's quite cool. His review is not. Cassie has a problem. As revenge flicks go, this one is just as bad as the rest. And while the screenwriter could have opted to make Cassie a superhero, she chose to make her another victim instead. Oddly enough, I'm reminded of Kill Bill. Not because I finally got around to reviewing it. Why do we need to know that? Why is that changing our day in any way, shape or form? But because it falls in the same genre. Cassie sets out seeking revenge on a man who raped a friend in college leading to the friend's suicide. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way, in case you didn't know. From there, the plot thins as Cassie finds other victims of her vengeful wrath to torment. The main problem with this film is that despite all of her efforts to exact revenge upon one man, Cassie only manages to have herself cancelled permanently. Can you say disappointment? At this point, my thoughts concerning the acting and dialogue are moot, so I won't bother sharing them. But if you like unexpected plot twists that lead to the death of the heroine, then this film is for you. That is exactly right. Zo, Zoo, Zaman. That is exactly the point of the fucking film. She's not a superhero because it's realistic. Because that wouldn't happen in real life. In real life, you would confront... 
your tormentor, your rapist, whatever, is not going to want his secret to get out. The likelihood is he's going to attack you. He's going to hurt you. So fuck off. Just fuck off. <sighs> Sorry. Just before you, yeah. you give your line for the avoid. For, firstly, I like the fact that you had spoiler alert in it, as if we didn't go through and cover the whole film in the previous episode in depth, as if there's people who just go, Oh, I just want to see, listen and just go, I just want to see which film's the best out of the three. I'm I don't really want to hear any discussion around it. I'll just put the results one. I'm just being considerate. That's all. Just... Also, secondly, Bear, spoiler alert should come before the spoiler, but after it. I'm sorry, mansplainer. I was just being considerate. Leave it out. <laughs> I, I, I also want to know, not this, this, this isn't you this time, so don't worry. That reviewer, who has only just got round to reviewing Kill Bill. In, on the, on the, let me see his date, on the 5th of May, 2021. He did say reviewing it, not watching no, it. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but surely can remember, who, who is sitting there crying out for a review of Kill Bill at this point in time? I don't know. I will say though, a lot of these reviews did actually mention Tarantino and said that Tarantino would have done a better job. So, according to them, a man would have done a better job. But we'll move on from that. So, it's just this line in this second one. It just said, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading, to be honest. I mean, it might not seem shocking to you, but it was just the, the thought of it. Um, it didn't go dark enough and barely scraped the surface of the seediness it was giving off. I also would have liked more backstory to the characters, and at least some flashback scenes. Oh, so you want to see the rape. You actually want that visualised, right? You can't feel sympathy unless you see someone getting raped. Fuck off. Oh, it's called Killer in Drag. Fuck off. Um, I'm, I am slightly wondering, obviously, with the flashbacks, I wouldn't, it might be that. I also wonder whether he wants just more of the relationship between them when they're at college. And that's what he means by the flashbacks. If that, if that is the case, and I apologise, Killer and Drag, it just didn't come across that way to me. But I was about 12 reviews deep at this point of seeing the same shit over and over again. So that's, maybe my judgement was a bit jaded. I don't know. Anything to add, Mercer? No. No? <laughs> no. I'm just coming off like a proper man-hater. I'm not a man-hater at all. Of course I'm not. These just reviews are trash, that's all. And sometimes when we do one-star review, there are certain films where it will be more evident of the trash than others. And this is yeah. one occasion. Agree. Thanks. I'll do my one-star review. A light of the mood, shall I? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Mine is obviously for red, white and blue. I couldn't find a, a, a one-star review that was longer than like two sentences on IMBD, so I had to delve and end up on that box. So this comes from Harley Quinn. Spoiler alert. Do you spoiler alert? There's no, there's no spoilers in this. Okay. It's full of spoilers. So this comes from Harley Quinn and it goes, <clears throat> I hate everything this movie stands for, everything. I freaking cannot stand it when a film is so goddamn edited that it cuts in time every 30 seconds. It makes me feel like I'm missing half a film. 
I also hear the kind of piano music that sounds like it's being played by a child with epilepsy. And I do not need dramatic music when I'm watching a guy pick his teeth. Come on. I can't believe I watched a whole hour of a woman fucking everything that moves and edited shots of doors, hands and feet. An hour to only get 10 minutes of go? No fucking way. Thank you, Harley Quinn. Thank you. She's she's lost 20 minutes to film. She goes, I've watched, I've watched an hour. I've got 10 minutes to go. Where's your remaining 20 minutes gone? She was writing this review. That's a 20 minute worth of thoughts there, isn't it? Like, oh my God, look, it's it's got cuts in it, like a like films might have. No wonder, no wonder every film feels like half the length or twice the length of what she's saying when she's edited. She's got no grasp for time. God knows what every day must be like <laughs> for them. Well, I have to go to the bank. That took me eight days. <laughs> <laughs> but bless her. I mean, you know, I think it's a, an unfair review, but that's just me, isn't it? It is unfair. You probably shouldn't call out children with epilepsy playing pianos as well. That's a bit like, harsh. Like, yeah. Like we should all be able to do what we want, right? Oh, sorry. I, I'm taking it serious again. You know, you need to lighten it up. Lighten it up. I need to lighten your mood. I know how we can lighten it. What what normally happens? Oh, we could get Marcel back. Marcel. As a left, he's just been really quiet, shockingly. He's just been miming in corner. That's all he's been doing. <laughs> Honestly, we've had wind. We've had him in a box. He robbed a bank at one point. Right. Yeah. He did. Um, okay, Marcel. Players out, man. Now that he's gone, should we get on with the whole purpose of this episode and find out who won the best revenge horror? Yes, Michelle, you don't need to answer that because that was a rhetorical question because it's happening anyway. So, let's go. Christopher, Mercer, I spit <laughs> on your graves. The winner, if ever there was one. Very much so. We all, we all loved a promising woman. The voter poll, as voter poll, the audience poll, they all voted for the promising woman as well. We didn't see anywhere. We didn't see any of the polls of any voters at all. No. But yes, the audience obviously all love promising young women as well. We all loved it. A very deserving winner. Yes. She can put it next to the Academy nominations. Best fit grades revenge. All right. Would you like to tell us how the whole voting process went, Mercer? Yes, I will. So it looks like we're on a true return to form because in third place with a grade C is me with red, white and blue. But still a C. And I'm going to take it because a few people that we spoke to over the weekend uh, and some of the comments we had were people who've not seen red, white and blue. So, you know, you can't vote for what you've not seen, can you? No. So I'm going to take that. 
Um, in second place, with um, a grade B, was Blue Ruin from Chris, which is a really good going. Mm-hmm. Quite impressed. And obviously, as as everybody is already aware, Promising Woman won. And it actually came in with our highest grade to date, which is an A star. Impressive. Taking in those A's, babe. I just munched on them. I think that means you've literally got the highest kind of A count across the board. Which, if you remember, when we first went back to recording, I was devoured because I wasn't getting any, like, first places at all. It was just back and forth between you two. So to come up to this, to, to these dizzying heights is, you know, it's quite overwhelming. Well, yeah, it's quite good now that you've like mastered the psychology of the audience and know what to pick to get them to vote for. Um, yeah, you've done really well. Well done. No, no, I'm joking, because actually you do pick some good films. Thank sometimes. you. I think, I, I mean, oh no, in all honesty, like your films, I tend to prefer your films over Chris's films. Uh, but then I think that's because I've known you for like a year or so now, aren't I? So. Me? Yeah. You've known me for a year or so. Okay, for a year or so now. Okay. What is it? 24 years? 24 years? Something like that? A long so. time. A long time. Yeah. But yeah, well done for winning. And I'm not even going to have a tantrum about you winning this week. Because I, I applaud you. So give another, another round of applause to Tom Thank you. Thank you. So as I bask in my glory, um, I guess it's up to me to tell the listeners what we're going to have next week for Crime Scene Investigation. Exactly. Crime Scene Investigation. You will be happy to hear that there are no clowns. That there appear to be on the surface no shitty murders. And there definitely, definitely isn't any Melissa Joan Hart. Next, <laughs> next week for Prime Scene Investigation, we will be reviewing Black Box from 2020. Would you like to give a synopsis of this? It's about a man struggling to regain his memory after surviving a tragic car accident. Desperate to return to his former self while trying to raise his daughter, he received an experimental treatment that helps him probe into a past which suddenly feels too dark to be his own. Mm, Sounds interesting. interesting. It does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It sounds a lot better than the kind of stuff we've been reviewing already. <laughs> well, yeah, because it doesn't start with a killer clown is stabbing a man in the face. A vampire ancient family must eat some dinner in order to decide who likes mashed potatoes. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart swears. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart is a lawyer, and you can tell because of how she dresses. <laughs> and her brown hair, yes. Special forces arrive in, a, <laughs> in an area where nothing happens. <laughs> but here is a wrestler to make it all okay. Yeah, yeah this sounds good this well. week. For a change. Well, 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 well let's, let's call a spade a spade. We know what these films are. Let's not jinx ourselves out. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think I think the running time for Black Box is a long one for us as well. So that's fair. I'll t- I'll take it. I'll take a runtime over over a bad story. 
Oh my god, it's like three days long. <laughs> You're going by like reviewer's standards. Oh my god, <laughs> I've been watching this film. 12 weeks long. Yeah, I've been watching this film for all of time. Oh god. It'll be fine, Mercer, don't worry. It'll be good. Yeah, let's not put the audience off too much. You're really excited about having to cover it. <laughs> if we have to suffer, they have to suffer. Just so they go, oh, God, suppose we'll do an episode. <laughs> suppose I'll watch it and we'll put it out for people that hopefully listen to and enjoy. Mm. God, if I have to. Right, let's not end it on a negative, this section, anyway. No, let's no. not. Because we have one more section for the audience this week. We are going to cover our top picks from Fright Fest that happened a couple of weekends ago. Yes, we are. Uh, there is more talking to be done, so settle down, listeners. We're now going to be giving our top five films of Fright Fest. Not going too deep into them because it's going to be a lot of stuff you haven't seen and we don't want to ruin anything and there's likely films in our crossover top fives that we haven't seen of each other's as well. We also don't know each other's top fives yet, so we don't. There might be the same films within them as well. This is a full-on Silver Black. This is a surprise, surprise. Yeah, we will. We, if we discuss it once, we will not discuss it again. <laughs> we will not go back into it. No. Chris, would you like to start with your top five? Shall we go top? My whole top five. Or shall we just go in fifth place for each of them? We're just doing fifth okay. place. Okay. So my fifth place film was the Kazakhstan horror comedy Sweetie You Won't Believe It. Hilarious. So good. I nearly said for anyone who hasn't seen it so that'll involve most people who, most people who haven't seen it at, the, at a festival where it's played because I don't believe it's had any kind of general release. Essentially it's three Kazakhstan friends who are going on a fishing trip and it descends into Chaos, yeah, obviously it descends in the chaos. Deliverance style woodsman out in the middle of nowhere, plus various lo- a lo- local crime family, and there's a lot of gore gags and gross-out humour, and a good time is had by all who definitely watched it. I will say when you do watch it, it does have the best comedy payoff of probably any film I've ever seen like I didn't expect that to be incorporated in such a way towards the end but you'll see what I mean when you've seen it it's, it's hilarious you also I enjoyed this it. one didn't you Mercer yeah I loved it I absolutely adored it I loved the over-the-top slapstick go it had uh, it kind of reminded me of the um the Russian why don't you just die mm. um I want to say already but I think that's just me who wants to say that um but yeah, it, it had that kind of fun, lightheartedness to it, um, which is sometimes what you need when you go to these festivals. You need a, you need a break from like doom and gloom. Um, a pa- a palate cleanser. Yeah, palate cleanser yeah. if one must. And I don't think I spoke to anyone over the weekend who didn't love it no. when they saw it. Um, in my number five is Evie. Directed by Dominic Brunt and by Jamie Lunday. It's uh, the story of a brother and sister who um, were separated when they were younger. 
because of family issues and it never seemed to be unresolved until he gets in contact years later and it it becomes apparent that there has been a dark secret that one of them has been holding for years and it's a fantastic film um I know a lot of people said they didn't see the ending coming on it I, I did myself but that didn't make it any less enjoyable I thought the acting was incredible the script uh, like Dominic Brunt always does this thing where he, he manages to get a film so right between the drama and the horror and it just feels organic when people are speaking it feels real and the actors in it as well were brilliant so yeah well, sorry, I was going to say, I think we should, it was co-written and co-directed. Yes, it so was, sorry, should, yes, yes. Obviously, while Paddy may have done a... Paddy? No! <laughs> Dominic! Sorry, I was, I was on a work chat the other day and they were saying, what have you seen? Or did you did you meet anyone famous? And I was saying, the most famous person I met was Paddy from Emmerdale, and that's why Paddy, Dominic. Obviously, so Dominic... Does great stuff, but I say he was one half of the team. Jamie Lundy, yeah. Yeah, so Jamie Lundy, yeah. the other half of that. But as you say, the script was great. The relationship between the two of them when they get back together, and she as a character, it's just absolutely brilliant. Written, yeah. absolutely brilliant performance from her. I, I loved her most of that, this film. I thought she was She was fantastic, great. yeah. And uh, Jamie Lundy's little girl is in it as well, and she's going to be a little talent when she grows up. So keep an eye out for her. And Michael Smiley. Obviously. And Michael Smiley. Smiley, Smiley, Michael Smiley. Can't have a fright first we out a Michael Smiley film, can you? I also enjoyed this one. Good. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I didn't think I was going to. And I, I initially I was going to duck out of it um, and see something else. But I thought, no, I'll give it a chance because I don't know where this, when I'm going to get to see this one again unless I go to Grimfest uh, with the guest it'll play. Um, but I was like, very pleasantly surprised by this one. Mm. Really so the film in fifth place for me came from Rob Schroeder and it was Ultrasound. Um, oh. And it's, yeah, it's definitely not what you think it is from the title. Um, and it is a mind fuck. Literally a mind fuck. You, you honestly, like, you don't know what you're watching at some points, as in you don't know what's true and what's not true. Um, and it it's just it's so clever, it's so well acted, and it's it's yes, it's one of my favourites, obviously, because it's in the top five, but it's it's definitely something that I want to get my filthy little bits on to watch again. I'd like a second watch of it, uh, because I missed the first 15 minutes anyway, because I was watching the folk documentary of a run. You're thinking of sound of silence, sound of violence. What's ultrasound? Ultrasound. We were watching the found footage documentary. So, what's the what's the plot for ultrasound? So it's it's too confusing to explain. Okay. It starts off with some guy whose car breaks down, and he gets some help from this house, and it's this man and this woman, um, and then um, the guy's like, "Oh, sleep with my wife." And he's like, this is too fucking weird, but he does it anyway. And then he comes back, like, a few months later, this man comes back and goes, I need to show you this video, and this woman's pregnant now. Um, and and that's part... Of, it's too hard to... It's too hard okay. to explain. There's multiple stories going on within it, but there's one central thing that links them all together, and it's that central thing that's the mind fuck, which you need to... I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but you need to watch it to go... Uh, it's good. It's really, really good. 
Fingers crossed, I'll pick it up. Fingers crossed. Fingers, yeah, fingers crossed we get to see it at some point. Mm. As you say, that's always the issue with seeing things at festivals. You're relying on companies to actually pick them up and distribute them. Mm. You may see something that's absolutely brilliant, never to be seen again. Yeah. Which is a shame. And that is why you get questions so many times at festivals. What, what have you got planned for distribution? So everybody knows whether you have to go and seek it out or not. Yeah. Okay, so my number four was Slapface. We have our first crossover. No, I mean, I've, I've already got Evie. Evie was in my list already, but yeah. higher up. Anyway, Slapface is what we're talking about at the moment. So two brothers living together. So the older brother is looking after the younger one after the death of their parents. The younger one is... A little bit of a troublemaker, a little bit. He's got some some issues. He's rebellious. He's rebellious. Yeah, he's rebellious. To be fair, his parents have passed away. He's been brought by his older brother. So he's got, he's got some issues. And he finds what appears to be an ancient mo- monster slash witch mm-hmm. living in the woods. Most films would have that go, okay, so it's a relationship between the monster but it's not. The, relation, the actual film is the relationship between him, his brother, his brother and his brother's new girlfriend, mm. him, the youngster, and the local girls who live in the area are bullying him, or, and the relationship he has with one of them. There are a lot of various relationships examined under this, all falling massively under the umbrella of the abuse he's getting at home and outside the home from family and non-family alike. I know it took a big toll on a few people watching It this. did, yeah. There did seem to be a theme running throughout the entire weekend about mental and physical abuse. Yeah. The, so somebody described uh, this one as like an, an Amblin film, in the same way that it's kind of, not, not directed at children, but it's got that feel about it. But I thought after maybe Amblin meets Pan's Labyrinth, that was the kind of feel I got from it myself. I, I love this film. I'm I'm going to tell you now, it's, it's my number two <laughs> because I fucking I loved it so much. It was so well acted and, yeah, that... I mean, not just the ending, the whole way through it is a bit of a gut punch to the point where when it had finished, there were um, one of his friends included who just needed a bit of a hug because it was so full on. Um, so, yeah, slap face. Do you have anything to say about it, Mercer? I didn't see Slapface. I went to see something else. And oh. that was a mistake. What did you go to see instead? I went to say she watches from the woods, which oh. isn't terrible, but um Slapface sounds on paper, Slapface sounds like something I would hate, but after hearing everyone talk about it, it sounds like something I would love. Mm. So, you know, I, I think I made a mistake with that one. I, I absolutely imagine that would get a release at some point. I think it's the kind of film that it's definitely going to be out there. I've got. To, I'm trying to think whether should have may have picked it up, but I can't. I've no idea. Definitely, but as I say it's got that mainstream sensibility that. Yeah. I think a lot of play a lot of things could pick it up and distribute it. It's not so much of a brilliant film, but a complete oddball that a company would have no idea what to do with it. Yeah. Um, for my number four, I picked the Advent Calendar. I. So, so you're going to say crossover. Just this got my number one, by the way. Oh, wow. Weekend. Okay. Well, we can do, we can, do we have any other discussion then, Chris? 
The advent that calendar got your number one. My number one for the weekend, yes. Wow. This wasn't a film I was looking forward to at all. Um, I wanted to see something else in its place, but I totally forgot what it was. I don't think it was Nocturna, but anyway, I wanted to see something else in its place because the synopsis did not grab me at all. I thought, oh, this is going to be a bit on cheap side. I don't know. It's just not, it's not bite. It's not winning me over at all. But I ended up going to see it and oh my God, it is so original and it is so clever. This girl gets an advent, a, a, a traditional German advent calendar from a German market from a best friend for her birthday. And it's set in December. So I think we're already on the 5th of December by the time she opens the first one. And with each of the compartments that she opens, it affects her life in some way. So she's given the opportunity to change her life through this advent calendar. And it's so good. It is. It is very good. Mm. It could it have the danger to go wish master. Yes. When when does it start? And they're like, okay, so open the advent calendar and there's a demon there, which isn't a spoiler because you see that in about the first... Yeah, 10 minutes when she receives the advent calendar. So when you see that demon creeping around inside, you go, oh, this could go, this could all go all Wishmaster. But it doesn't. As you say, it stays completely original. The the gore and the scares and the bits and pieces they do are brilliant. She's absolutely awesome in it. It came out completely nowhere for me as well because it's one of those things where it had mystery spot up against it. Mm. And I, I think that's what I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. I think I had Mystery Spot on my list, but didn't get a ticket for it. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go and give this a watch. But absolutely so loved it. Yeah. So it's just, it's just mass, completely original. It's in the same way that Universal did Better Watch Out, mm. which was one of my films. The, the you love a Christmas film. You love a Christmas I love horror. A Christ, I love a Christmas horror. Yeah. I will say as well, it's got a, a very organic way of. Um, explaining why she can't... You've seen this, Mercy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so I find that the way she can't duck out of opening the doors is really plausible. Like like with the found footage, when you find a reason as to why someone will keep filming, the reason that they give as to why this keeps going on, <clears throat> I think it's genius. Yeah, it is, as you say. It's com- completely, completely original. It's really smart. And the ending leaves it open enough that you're not spoon-fed what the end you're not spoon-fed the ending mm. which is always nice especially with this mm-hmm. i too love this <laughs> i did i love this one as well i thought it were amazing um i i wish there was less of the um, title screens telling us what day it was because there were in the movie they did actually cleverly include the days mm. um, in parts so they didn't need to put like day 20 up because they'd like like they were like she'd shut a door and 17 would be on it or something and then it'd be mm. day 17. I like I wish they'd not fed us that bit of information and allowed us to just like you know completely like fall into the film because I say it a million times for me like things on screen take you out of a moment uh, but I did love it I'm not criticizing it I can't criticize it my number four was again something that you two didn't see. It was from Rob Jabaz. It was the closing film and it was The Sadness. Um, and it was so much fun. Again, it was hyper violent, hyper gory, hyper like in your face. Um, the premises it's there's been a virus in um, Taiwan. Um, 
which I think is why a lot of people didn't want to see it because it's a virus film. There's been a virus in Taiwan and it's kind of got itself under control and everyone started to ease down, you know, like we are now. Yeah. Um, it's found a way to mute it that as changes the brain functionality of people and it kind of gets rid of your kind of ego or your age, whichever one it is that allow stops you from doing things that you wouldn't normally do in public. Your inhibitions, uh, like yeah. So you will just it's just allow you to do what it's you'll do whatever you want. And for me, it felt like there's a my favorite author is Richard Lehman, and there's a book he's got called One Rainy Night, which is about this black rain that comes down on people, and when they're covered in the rain it makes it changes them into like these like you know all the animal instincts come out and they like attack and kill people mm. um and it, it just felt it, it was a bit like that and it's vile it's got some really crass moments in it um he did say like the director was there and he did say you know he, he, he kind of wanted to push some boundaries but without really going too far i think he did want to push them boundaries because some of the things that he does include in the movie are a bit like oh, okay um and the language obviously it's in um taiwanese i think that's mm. the right language but um like subtitles there's a lot of the use of um, some very vile language in there but it's so much fun it's a really good payoff as well at the end i, I hope to check it out in the future i do um it just wasn't it wasn't something myself that again were like calling out to me at the time. Again, maybe because of the virus thing and because I'd seen isolation and I hated isolation. But um, yeah. Number one, we're on number three now, number aren't we? Three, yeah. But number three for me was Evie, which we already covered. We so it's your number three. My number three is the last thing Mary saw. Now okay. I know not I know a lot of people aren't into this. I know a lot of people found it a slow film and quite a dark in terms of tone for the time of day it was. So I, I get why you, you can sometimes program a film at a certain time and it can totally have a difference on whether you enjoy it or not. Like think if this had maybe been programmed later on in the evening, it might be something that people would be more open to. Um, it's about this family and they have a maid and the uh, daughter, the youngest daughter of the family and the maid are in a relationship and they believe it's because of the devil and such because it's set in ye olden times. I don't know what year, like, I don't know. I don't know the years. Ages ago anyway, in, in old ages. It's, old, it's back in Puritan America. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they... Uh, they you know they stop their relationship and they start doing all these rituals and such and I, I don't want to spoil it anywhere it goes but I it, it feels like the witch it feels a lot like the witch um but more modern <laughs> if you can yeah. say it's got the last out of the orphan in it as well which is nice to see she's gone on to do other stuff than the orphan because I don't think I've seen her in anything since that and that were what 15 years ago something like that in cell Oh, wait, did you see Cell? No. Oh, the John Cusack closing film, The Fright Fest, that might be your year you weren't there. No, I didn't see that, no. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the acting was phenomenal. Phenomenal, I'll say that again. I thought the acting was phenomenal in it. I love the story. I love the effects of it. And whilst it's not necessarily big on jump scares and gore, it's so atmospheric that when they do these subtle little background things, it, it hits a bit more because 
you've been waiting for it and you've been built up for it. Yeah, I've re- I really enjoyed it. I think the fact that slow burn doesn't matter too much because I think it's only about 85 minutes long. A lot of people were saying they felt it, they felt it was whole... longer, even though it was quite short. Uh, I, I didn't myself, obviously, but this is just what people were saying. As you say, good performances from both the leads and Rory Culkin. Yes. Turns up. Yes, Rory Culkin in it as well. Always happy to see Rory Culkin mm-hmm. in anything. But yeah, I, as you say, really good, Southern, or really good kind of Puritan America, atmospheric sleeper. And I'm, I'm fine with that. As you say, I think it may be, it may play too early for people to really go on board with it. Mm-hmm. If it had been early evening, they probably would have enjoyed it more. When you, when you had a late night, last thing you want to do is sit down for yeah. a nice, a nice slow burn film early on in the day. Yeah. But I think you'll get a lot more love once people rewatch it. I didn't see it, so I have no comment. But what I will comment on is my number three, which we've already commented on, which was the advent calendar. Oh, okay, there we go. We're tearing, tearing through <laughs> these now. In at number I'm, two, <laughs> I'm surprised we have such a similar. Often we can they can vary quite wide, widely. We've got quite a similar top five this time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so number two. The Kindred was my number two. And Mercer just realised that there's a film missing from what he's assumed would have been in my top five because I could see his face. But no, The Kindred is my number two. Opening night. Did you both watch The Kindred? I can't remember who was even alongside me. No, we went and watched The Brilliant Terror, which is fantastic. Narrowly missed my number five. It was between Evie and The Brilliant Terror. I'll just, since you need you to allow, I'll just give a quick plot. So Kindred starts with the suicide of the main character's father. She is then hit by a car when she goes downstairs to obviously run out the, uh, or run out the building in panic. Not a spoiler, happens in the first 30 seconds of the film. She's pregnant at the time and wakes up after being in a coma to find that she has given birth. And as she goes home, she tries to unravel what her dad actually said to her before he committed suicide because she has no recollection of it whatsoever. And we then move into part detective detective film that she investigates and tries to unravel what actually happened and part J-horror, as we do have a lot of creepy kids and little ghosts and stuff wandering around. Some really, really great jump scares as well, which for me, I love in a horror film. I love, yeah. a jump sca- I love a jump scare. And I saw nothing else the entire weekend that had a jump scare in it. What was the film we watched where somebody fell through the floor and I jumped? They fell into the floor and I just That was, her. I think, either The Night House or Candyman. Oh, really- yeah, so nothing. So nothing. <laughs> So nothing that weekend. No, so nothing that weekend. I say, yeah, so for me to go the whole weekend and only have one film that actually has some jump scares in, which makes me even more because I miss post more because apparently it was incredible. Mm. But yeah, this jump scare tastic performances, superb. And for British horror, normally there's we have a weird inherent bias when so when you look at the list and you go, British horror, you go, oh. Really? No, we don't. We do. I don't. Okay, well, Mercer, Mercer's nodding along to it. Oh, he does, there. yeah. 
Yeah. I I find myself similarly afflicted, which considering Evie and the Kindred made my top five this year, should probably reevaluate. But yeah, definitely if you're if you're a fan of ghosts and jump scares, then definitely check it out if you get the chance to. My number two was Slap Face. So we'll move it on to Mercer. And my number two is Sweetie, you won't believe it. So. <laughs> okay, we're tearing through now. Because my number one was Advent Calendar, which we've also already covered. My number one was Coming Home in the Dark. Like, I, astounding film. Um, I think, again, I nearly missed out on this, so I was really tired. And somebody said it, it felt like it was going to be an Eden Lake type film and I like, well of course I love Eden Lake so I, I ended up staying and I am so glad I did because this was the only film of the day that I didn't nod in once um, it's about a family who go out for uh, a holiday in their rural New Zealand is it New Zealand? New Zealand yeah, yeah. and uh, they stumble across this patch where they sit and they have a picnic and whatnot and then these guys come up and uh, basically rob them and then I, I don't I I can't say anything beyond this point about the relationships of it because I really don't want to spoil it because there is a nice tie, not a nice tie-in, it's a brutal film, <laughs> but, there is, but there is a tie-in with a plot that comes later. Um, it, they, they do end up uh, taking the, oh, again, I can't say much, can I? Because again, it's a brutal opener. This is- so I'm not going to, I'm just not going to performances are amazing the story is amazing it's filmed amazingly the atmosphere is amazing it's so tense it's so brutal and i cannot i I can't wait to see this again i hope every festival plays this film because it's fucking amazing it's incredible it is is amazing i just say that's the problem with this one that because there's an early early Impact. Impact. <laughs> yeah. Early impact with the film that completely skews where the film goes. It leaves you very little room to actually discuss anything that happens yeah. after it, other than say that, yeah, there's that absolute pressure and that menace throughout and the lead performance is absolutely brilliant. I feel, I like, feel like this is a that I would love, but I fell asleep. And not because I did went enjoying it, but because I drank too much. So um, it's my own fault. Um, all I know is that at some random point in the film, I apparently said home out loud for no reason. Um, yeah. See, I, I was clearly too involved in the film because I didn't hear that and I was like three seats away from you. So yeah. I was clearly taken in by it all. I feel if I'd, have, if I'd have watched this, then I feel it probably would have been in my top five. It feels like the kind of film that I would love. Like based I, on my travel. I would confidently confidently say that you would enjoy this one. Yeah. I mean, my number one's obvious. King Knight, man. It oh, is, it is King Knight. See, this this missed my top five only because it was a strong year and I had a I had a lot to slice down to get to a top five. And the only reason this missed out is. It's in no way, shape, or form a horror film. Before you go into it, I will just say that I am severely jealous that you got to watch this and I didn't because I really wanted to watch it, but I also didn't know when I was going to get to see a three-hour folk documentary again as well. 
So decisions had to be made. And I'm hoping I'm correct in that Rob has picked this up for celluloid. If he hasn't, it's, it's shattered my world because <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to get to see it if not. I'm, I'm well jealous, but go ahead and tell me how amazing it was. I mean, I, I'm, I, I love Richard Bates Jr. I love everything he's done. I think he's incredible. Chris is 100% correct. This is, the way falls into a horror category. It is a comedy. It's an outright comedy, but it is about witches. So I think that's how we get about it. Um, but it's just magical. It's just, it's lie. It's funny. It's, it's irreverent. It's just, it's, it's just a magical, magical film. And it just plays. Do you know what I mean? There's like, I don't know. There's just, I don't know what it is about yeah. it. Um, I just, I just love his work. I love Matthew Greg Hubler. Um, I can't help it. He's like, just so charismatic. He just draws you into every performance he does, no matter what kind of character he's playing. Um, that's I love, the, like, so as you can say, that's the thing with this one again, because, because we have the, we actually have the revelation and the, the event that is pivotal this whole film. We can't actually go too far into it without giving away the entire film. No. But what we can say is Richard Bates, in my opinion, pulls out some of the best performances from his cast members ever. I think that's evident in every film we watch. Of his, he could he gets something out of people that you wouldn't expect. And there's not a weak link. For me, there's not a weak link in this movie. Was McCord in this one? She's on the cast list, I think, but I can't remember where she turns up. I think she voices something. Okay. But you know, he's always got a strong cast anyway. So, but yeah, that was that was my number one of the weekend, and I cannot wait to watch it again. Amazing. It was amazing. It's really, I'll say, it is absolutely brilliant. It's Genuinely, the only reason it didn't make my top five was because I had to make the cut somewhere. Yeah. And because of the film it is, is one that had to go. I think uh, for a change, don't disrespect the Fright Fest, but for a change, this was it, it was a really strong gear for films. It, 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 like, you know, normally it's quite easy to go, oh, it's my top five or my top ten. Um, or, or it's either really easy to do it because of the weakness of it or really hard because everything's quite average. Mm. Whereas I think there were definite like the last day was like just so many stand up films, um, like advent calendar, like you know, and like you said, they're, they're the films that initially I, I you shrug your shoulders and I go, nah, doesn't sound great, that does it. So, I, th- I mean, I think for me this year as well, it was really good because there were three, possibly four documentaries I think they put on this weekend. I'm sure there were four somewhere. Maybe not. Maybe I'm. No, there's three. There was a terror one. Brilliant terror. Woodland, Shark, and Days Bewitched, and Found Footage, yeah. which were all brilliant. I watched them all, and they were, they were all great. I think the the folk documentary definitely could be brought down from three hours. It does not need to be three hours. Please take note and make those cuts. But um, it was <laughs> no. But they said they said that themselves. Apparently, the the guys had said that. They did give feedback that it probably did need to be cut down if it were going to be released. But I mean, they're releasing it anyway with Severin. So 
what do we know? Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, would, but now it'll be the strong year. Yeah, it has been the strong. I would give one, one, one special honourable mention to Sound of Violence, and that's because it's, it's the film I hate most while really enjoying it loads. I still have no idea where I stand on that that film. I wasn't the biggest fan. It was okay. Just it's the fact that parts of it really annoyed me while while I was sitting there going, sitting there watching it going, I'm really enjoying this while also massively annoyed by huge parts of it. Yeah. yeah. I can see why from well, like I say I missed the first 15 minutes, but I can see why that would be the case. Yeah. Anywho. That's it. That wraps it up, I yeah. guess. So next week we will be back with Black Box, our crime scene investigation episode. If you want to get in touch with us, let us know what you enjoyed about Fright Fest or this particular episode, or if you've seen Black Box and what you think of it, you can get in contact with us at I Spit on Your Grays on Facebook. We're at Spit Grays on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can always email us at electricpossums at gmail.com. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode, because it all does help. Thank you. Until next time, then, dear listener, goodbye. See ya. Bye.